Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from the Southern California foothills town of Glendora, California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead lost people to Jesus, building a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you, opens your heart, and shows you how to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Good morning, because I know you're off your schedule, but I appreciate you being here. It's great to worship with you. Uh, I'm Jim. Um, it's, a, it's a good time in the life of, of Real Life Church. There are people out running the LA Marathon this morning to raise money for water purification in developing nations around the world. There are people serving uh, food to the homeless tonight and tomorrow night, and next Saturday we'll be at God's Pantry again at Azusa High School next Saturday morning to give out groceries to hundreds of people. So I'm thankful that you are the church, and I'm thankful for what you do together as a church. So uh, God bless you. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a lot to get through this morning, so let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you that you love us and that you call us to you, and that through your cross, through your death and resurrection, we're saved The past is washed away, and the door to the future is opened up. I thank you that by your power, you give us new hope and new life in you. So God, work in the hearts of those who are unsure this morning, those who are uh, timid and anxious, those who feel the weight of the world on their shoulders, and come to you because they don't know where else to go. Uh, I pray for that one person who who is just desperate and feels embarrassed that they are talking to God because... They feel like that means they have run out of all other options, and they don't realize that you're actually the best option, that you could have answered their deepest prayers and deeper needs before they went looking anywhere else. And so for that person this morning, work miracles and pour out your love in them, that they might know how gracious and how powerful you are. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We're in a series on the weekends now called Be Rich, and we're talking about the rich kind of life that God wants for you and for me, for all of us. Uh, And it is is a a better life than you would imagine. The Bible says that our, our lives do not consist in the abundance of our possessions. They consist in even better things than that, and God wants you to have a rich life. Uh, That is sometimes hard to believe in a world that is as scary as the world we live in. Uh, We live in a dangerous world. And right now there is a virus going around the world that is altering uh, people's realities. It is changing the way we greet one another in the morning. Uh, It's changing the way some people treat people of other races. Uh, It is altering the world's economy. uh, And it is damaging the health of everybody it touches. The virus I'm talking about is fear. And fear is doing that all over the world. Uh, And fear of the coronavirus is going to do more damage than the coronavirus itself, right? The the fear that we let uh, take root in our hearts does damage to our lives, our relationships, our mental welfare, and the functioning of the world. Fear takes over all kinds of things and does damage wherever it goes. And we lose perspective. Uh, Look at this. In in the United States, 30,000 people on average die every year of the flu. 
Uh, around the world, there are three to five million cases of the flu every year, and it causes hundreds of thousands of deaths. And that's terrible. I'm not minimizing that. I only mean to draw a contrast between the panic that's going on in the world right now and the panic that we do not have every year as terrible things happen. We tend to lose perspective when fear gets a hold of our hearts. The Bible has something to say to your fear and to mine. The Bible says this, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. The context, uh, the context for that little quotable quote is that this comes from the mouth of the Apostle Paul, a first century preacher and church planter, talking to his young son in the faith and his friend Timothy, who he is raising up to be a leader of the church. Paul has given up everything to follow Jesus. Paul had a premier education, and he gave up the benefits of that education. He gave up career. He gave up money. He gave up family. He gave up status. He gave up respect. He did, gave up all of it to go and make the name of Jesus known in the world. Because he knew if he was going to have a rich life, it was going to come from making the name of Jesus known. And as a result, Paul was imprisoned, Paul was beaten, Paul was driven out of town. Uh, at the end of his life, Paul will, will face prison again and ultimately execution for preaching the Christian faith. And at the end of his life, Paul will still say to Timothy, God has not given me a spirit of fear. God has given me a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. I am not afraid. Timothy would then take up the mantle of the faith, and Timothy would become a preacher in his own right. We know that before the, the New Testament was finished being written, Timothy had already been put in prison and gotten out again because of the proclamation of the faith. Towards the end, uh, Timothy would become a leader in the church of Ephesus, the famous and influential city of Ephesus, where Paul had planted a church and John had been a pastor. And Timothy would go and proclaim the faith in Ephesus. Timothy would eventually be martyred for his faith because he witnessed in Ephesus a, a pagan a, a carnival, a carnival, a parade, being dedicated to the goddess Artemis. And Timothy went out in the midst of the, the worshipers of Artemis and he began to make known the good news of Jesus Christ, the God who had walked the earth. And the carnival goers grabbed him, dragged him through the streets and stoned him to death. At the end of his life, Timothy lived the message, I am not afraid because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Listen, for you as well, for you as well. God knows the anxieties of this world. And Jesus longs to hold you close when you're afraid. But then he wants to breathe into you a deep promise. You do not need to be afraid. Everything in this world is in the hands of God. You do not need to be afraid. God is not going to give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. When you let fear creep inside your heart, when you let worry and anxiety creep inside your heart, it does all kinds of damaging things. Uh, this, is how, uh, this is not my field of expertise, but this is how I think it works. This is, from what I understand, this is how the brain processes fear. There's a couple different ways that the brain can actually deal with fear. Uh, there's two different, there's kind of a high road that's slow and cautious and reasoned, and then there's a low road that's quick and dirty. 
The, the high road works this way, I think. Uh, the, um, the sensory cortex takes in information and it pra- uh, passes it along to the hippocampus. The hippocampus takes information and compares it to the vast array of other memories that you have to say, where does this data fit in with the, the vast experience that I've had? It then sends it along to the amygdala, which processes it emotionally and says, how are we going to respond to this? Is this a fight or flight kind of situation? And, and the amygdala then tells the hypothalamus, produce adrenaline, we need to run away. Right? That's the slow, cautious high road in which there's several levels of processing before the end result comes out. However, when fear takes hold and we make decisions out of fear alone, uh, it, the information rush, rushes straight to the amygdala and we go straight to fight or flight. It's shoot first, ask questions later. Which is great if you're up hiking in the hills and you turn the corner and you see a bear. I don't want my brain to process things at that point. I want it to make my legs run before my brain knows what's going on, right? It's okay that the brain does that sometimes. But when you have to make big, complex decisions whose implications will play out over a long span of time, you need to take the high road. And as you watch the news and you look at the panic on social media, there are a lot of people in our world right now who are not taking the high road, right? Mm. I want us to take the high road because if you live in fear, if you let fear creep its way into your brain and stay there for a while, it actually is toxic. It actually poisons your brain. Uh, Studies have shown that people who live with high anxiety, people who are constantly afraid, suffer from depression. They suffer from sleeplessness, which causes fatigue and other kinds of illness. It can cause cardiovascular disease. It can uh, lower fertility rates. And get this, it can lower your, your immune system. It can damage your immune system. Living in anxiety about getting sick will make you more vulnerable to getting sick. Ah! Don't be afraid, because if you do, you'll get sick. Ah! This sermon's like the Tower of Terror. Right? Repeat after me. I am not afraid. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love. And of self-discipline. Amen. Yes, yes. You can stop repeating now because I'm going to talk faster. So we're going to get lost if we keep that up. Yeah. Amen. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Let's look at the reality of that. Part of the problem with the way we face the world, part of the reason fear gets a hold of us is we lose track of reality. It's like the Matrix or the Truman Show. We start to see an illusion that Satan is painting over our eyes to prevent us from seeing the world as it really is. This is the world as it really is. God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has given you a spirit of power. Jesus' last words on the earth, last words before he uh, uh, sent his disciples out was this. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go now to all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded commanded you. And I will be with you always to the very end of the world. All authority already belongs to Jesus. Everything in this world is in his hands. Every last molecule is under his guidance. Nothing is out of his control. And he is happy to place that authority in your hands. Jesus wants you to believe in him and depend on him and let him put his authority in your hands so that you can live with power 
and go to the ends of the earth making him known. And we have. We absolutely have. Christians have absolutely done that. I, I have Christian friends, people I know personally, who have gone into Muslim countries where it is illegal to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, where it is illegal to convert to Christianity, and they have done it anyway. And there are places where the mosques are emptying out because they have lived with power, not with fear. Uh, I, I have known Christians who have gone into North Korea to hand out Bibles where you can be uh, arrested and imprisoned for preaching the gospel, and they have done it anyway because Living to make Jesus known is more valuable than stretching out a long, quiet, soft, meaningless life and then dying anyway. That's how it ends, right? Stretching it out, making it long, soft, quiet, peaceful, harmless, and then dying anyway. I have a friend right now who is uh, in Haiti. He lived in California. He was financially successful. He was a businessman. He was doing well. He packed up his whole family and moved them to Haiti where they rebuilt an orphanage and are making Jesus known to people who have never heard of Jesus before, people who don't know Jesus and aren't growing up in the faith. And he is living a rich life. He is living a rich and meaningful life, a life of adventure and the kinds of stories that they write about in books. Because he knows that making Jesus known to lost people and living with compassion for people in need is more valuable than stretching out a long, soft, meaningless, teetering life that just ends the same way as all the rest of them. There's a story uh, that was told in Hawaii uh, about a, a priest 100 years ago, Father Damien, who actually moved there and lived in what was a leper colony. They used one of the islands as a leper colony. And he moved there to the place where people were thrown away. And for 16 years, he did ministry among the lepers. He preached the gospel to them. He visited them at their bedside, and he cared for them. Eventually, he contracted leprosy, and he died as well. But he did it with an open heart because he knew that loving lost people in Jesus' name was what life is all about, was what makes for a rich life better than stretching out a long, soft, meaningless, comfortable life that just goes the same way as all the rest of them. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has given us a spirit of power. And God has given you a spirit of power because all authority in heaven and earth belongs to Jesus and he wants to place it in your hands so that you can go fearlessly in this world with Jesus' authority behind you. God has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of love. There's a, a pastor in South Carolina right now, David Kennedy, black pastor, lived in a tiny little town where the KKK was still thriving. And a member of the, the KKK uh, named Michael Burden uh, got hold of a, a rundown movie theater in town and decided he would convert it into a museum dedicated to white supremacy, dedicated to a, a white racist monument to celebrate what he thought was his culture. Uh, and this, this black pastor decided that he would love that guy anyway. Uh, the, the KKK member, Michael Burden, at one point made plans to assassinate the black pastor. And this black pastor decided he was going to, to love this guy anyway. He saw this, this guy uh, with all of his anger and his rage living on the verge of poverty. And he took that guy's whole family and he fed them. He put, the, put them up in a hotel and he began to care for them and treat them as fellow children of God. As a result of that, Michael Burden has converted to Christianity and was baptized by David Kennedy, that black pastor. 
he handed the keys of the theater over to the pastor. And in 2017, the pastor took over the theater and is now converting it into a monument to justice. All through the course of his life, that pastor said, I am not going to respond to hatred with hatred. I'm going to respond to hatred with love. Because God had not given him a spirit of fear of those who could honestly hurt him. God had given him a spirit of love. And if you live in a world where you think the best thing that can happen to someone who does things wrong is revenge, if you live with a thirst for a kind of justice that's just a self-righteous kind of revenge, if you live in a world where you think it's great to have national borders that keep races separate from one another as opposed to the kingdom of God where everyone is loved by Jesus, you're living in illusion. You're not living in reality. The reality is God loves across all borders and would not have us separate one race against another. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love. And all the people of the earth are God's loved and often lost children. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love. And God has given us a spirit of self-discipline. Now let's talk about this one in practical terms. Let's talk about self-discipline, particularly something that I find completely baffling that I witnessed this week. And I'm talking about the mindless hoarding of toilet paper. I am trying, I don't, I don't know what those people are doing. <laughs> no, let's, let's talk about some facts now, okay? Toilet paper does not prevent coronavirus. You can wrap it around your face. That's not going to help any at all. And if you get coronavirus, you're actually not going to need that much more toilet paper. I, what are you going to do? Shove it up your nose? I don't understand the thinking. And then people see people doing that and say, well, it looks like fun. I better get in on the frenzy again. Now there's no toilet paper for anybody. People of God, let's practice self-discipline. Here's what we're going to do. You don't have to raise your hand right now. But if you got a closet full of toilet paper in your house this week, here's what you're going to do. This is your moral imperative, I am your pastor. You're going to take that toilet paper, and you're going to go next door to your neighbor's house and say, I bought this for you, because I believe in Jesus, and I'm not afraid. And if you have any needs, I'll come over and take care of you, because I'm a Christian. And if I can't take care of you, I go to real life church, and they'll take care of both of us. Because that is the kingdom of God. Amen? amen? Yeah, I hear you say amen. I want to see your closets. <laughs> yes. And let's have the self-discipline to wash our hands for 20 seconds every time. Not just when the world's afraid of diseases. Every time. The number of times I've stood in the bathroom and watched guys come in and out of there without stopping at the sinks is gross. <laughs> and you come at me at the door. Hey, Pastor, good morning. No, 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 no. That's... <laughs> yeah. Let's practice self-discipline and wash our hands. And, and listen, yeah, thank you, yeah. That'll turn you into a Pentecostal if nothing else will. And listen, listen, if you're sick, it's okay to stay home. Watch online. We are a fully digital church. Hundreds of people watch online. It's perfectly fine. When you have a, just a cold, it's okay not to share that with your neighbor. That's just good self-discipline, right? Because God has not given us a spirit, a spirit of fear. God has given us a spirit of self-discipline where we control those animal impulses, 
where we don't let our brain send information straight to the fight or flight response, where we go, whoa, 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 let's look at this in perspective of everything we know about the world, and in particular, the reality that God is with us, that God loves us, that God's not ignoring us, and that we don't need to walk in fear. Walk in faith. Fear is a lack of faith. Walk in faith. Now, I'll tell you, uh, from our end of things, uh, uh, the real-life staff is paying attention to world news. We're being wise. We're not living in fear. We're being wise. Uh, If the day should ever come, maybe years in the future, where there was some kind of uh, community-wide illness and and being in in public places was not wise, we're we're fully functional online. We will keep having church. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And you can hold me to this. I promise you this is what I'm going to do. Most of you know me well enough to know this is what I'm going to do. On Sunday mornings, I will be standing right here. And I'm going to keep going out in public. And I'm going to keep going to hospitals and visiting people who are sick. And I'm going to keep preaching the gospel everywhere I'm invited to preach it and in some places where I'm not invited. And that's just what I'm going to do. In the end, I'm going to die. I promise. That's coming. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of that at all. This isn't a show. I'm not afraid in the depths of my heart. Because God has not given me a spirit of fear. God has given me a spirit of what? Of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Absolutely. This is the reality that we need to see. And we need to peel back. We need to peel back the illusion that Satan likes to keep in our eyes. Likes to throw dust in our eyes so we can't see the world the way it really is. Look at the world the way it really is. All authority in heaven on earth is in the hands of Jesus. And he wants to put that authority in my hands. He wants to send me out in the world. He said himself, wants to send me out in the world to do the things that he was doing. To preach the love of God, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to make the kingdom of God come to earth. He has put that authority in my hands. The only thing that gets in the way of that is me. And it's me when I grab hold of other things that I don't need and won't open my hands to what he wants to put in there. If I grab hold of money, I will never experience the miracle of having him provide for me exactly what I need. If I grab hold of security, I will never experience, bless you, I will never experience the miracle of God providing for me and and protecting me. If I live in panic, I will not live in his peace. Listen to what Paul said. This is uh, Paul again, the guy who, uh, who tells us about the Spirit of God living in us. In 2 Corinthians 12, 10, he says, I delight, I delight in weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and difficulty. Because when I'm weak, he's strong. When my hands are empty, he can fill them. The kind of rich life that God wants for all of us is, is the life where we let go of the things that we've been clinging to in fear and say, all right, God, it's all up to you. I'm gonna die in the end anyway. Do with my life what you want to. And then we step forward in faith and confidence and trust because all authority in heaven and earth is already given to him and he wants to give it to you. Don't live in fear, walk in faith. So let me, let me help you picture a reality a little bit right now picture jesus and this is real this is not your imagination picture jesus sitting right next to you where you are or standing right next to you where you are because he is he's right there he is here among us he can see everything we do he knows our every thought nothing is secret from him and he absolutely loves us 
absolutely nothing will compromise that love for us. But nothing is secret from him. So as he, as he stands beside me, I want him to see me stepping out in faith and trusting him because I want him to know that I believe in him that much. I want him to know that I trust him that much. And, and at the end of my life, at the end of my life where I, I really do stand in front of him and the veil is pulled away and we see everything for the way it really is. We look back over our lives and we see it for the way it really is. I don't want to stand there in front of Jesus and say, look, Jesus, I lived 120 years because I hid out so well. I lived 120 years because I ran away from trouble wherever I encountered it. I would not mind a bit if I stood in front of Jesus in the end and said, I am here a little bit earlier than I expected because I poured out my life for you. And I did that because you did not give me a spirit of fear. You gave me a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we walk in faith, not by sight. And so when the world panics, when the world runs around in fear, we live in confidence knowing that you're a good God and that everything in our lives is in, our, in your hands. We trust ourselves to you. We, we pour out our lives. We place them in your hands. We open our hands and say, none of this is mine. It's all yours. So give me what I need for today. Give us this day our daily bread. And give us what we need to go into the world in faith and confidence, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, and loving the lost. Jesus, we live by your power. I thank you that we don't need to fear death anymore. That, that that pathway at the end of life that for some people is so scary. I thank you that you walked through it before us and turned on the light on the other side so that we could see into that room, so that we could see just enough to know that it's good, to see that in you we live for eternity. So Jesus, by your power, turn on the lights in our hearts and chase away the shadows Chase away the things that we cling to that we don't need and shouldn't be holding on to. And pour into our hearts your Holy Spirit. Pour into our hearts a deep and abiding confidence in you. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.